Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, welcome back to another show of the Virtual Success Show, where I'm joined by my co-host, Barbara Turley. Good afternoon, Barb. Hey, Matt, from sunny Sydney. Is it sunny where you are in Sydney today? It is, it is. And, you know, I had to think about that because we normally do these recordings in the morning, but it's... Uh, I know, it's nice to do it in the afternoon. It is, it certainly is. And how's everything going? Good, great. We're heading into a nice time of the year here, my favourite time of the year in Sydney. And, you know, the weather gets a bit cooler, which is good. Yeah. So, but excited about today's topic. I love how we just... Uh, we powwow and come up with these um, problems that we see across business coaching and in what I do in outsourcing and gel them together and come up with these great topics. So what are we going to talk about today, Matt? Yeah, well, so today's, um, you know, as Barb and I were preparing, we were thinking about, you know, the technology that's crucial to succeed and win when you're, when you're working with your virtual teams. And I think there's so much technology at our fingertips these days and so much advice around you should use this and you need to get that and you need to integrate it with this. And it can be very, very confusing for many of us. And, you know, I know um, technology is not something that has come naturally to me. It's something that I've had to learn and train myself with. But the, the key is that there are some crucial pieces of technology that you must adapt and adopt in your company to succeed with virtual assistants. Definitely. I mean, I echo those thoughts. And, you know, Matt, so I'm someone who is into technology and I love integrating systems and everything, but my love of simplicity is bigger. So even though I love tools, I actually have very few. And I we recommend strongly that clients stick to a few key things. And it was great when we were discussing this today to actually come up with three, like there's lots of things we could talk about, but there are three that we would describe as the non-negotiable. Like if you want to get success with a VA or a virtual team, or honestly, you know, with with a even if you have a company that just has a lot of people, there are three non-negotiable tech tools and setups um, that we've kind of isolated to make this work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's kick this off, Matt. Okay. So... The number one that Barb and I were discussing was you need a project management tool. So it may be a tool like Asana, Basecamp, Trello, or the like. Um, Our preference and what we both use in our respective businesses, and I know, Barb, you highly recommend it with all of your clients, is Asana. Yeah. Now, what's, what's the experience that, you and your team have had around this and, and why it's essential to have this project management tool? Yeah, look, when you're starting out small and you've only got a few tasks to hand to a VA, it's very easy just to put it on a PDF doc or, you know, even a quick email or if they're the same every day, that's okay. But what you find, and you find this very quickly, that things start to break down, mistakes start to happen, uh, there's confusion around who said what, when, deadlines, etc., get missed, and lots of things start to go wrong if you don't 
embrace a project management tool, something like Asana, there's also Trello, there's Teamwork PM, there's a few different ones you can use um, early on. And I would adopt it as early as early as you possibly can, even though you may feel some resistance to it in the beginning. And the trick with Asana for me is that it can do a lot of stuff, right? And you can actually have the paid version, which does even more. But let's deal with the free version. You can do a lot in there. The issue with it is that you can create Frankenstein. So again, while we want to create simplicity with our tools, we want to have simplicity within our tools as well. So for anyone starting out with this, the best thing to do is just to stick to you know tasks and projects and don't put too much dependencies and other things in there that you can do. Um, and it keeps things very tidy because all of your instructions to do with a particular task are attached to that task and you can update things and your VA can update you on a particular task as you move through things. So it's different from email in that way in that you don't lose the threads and you don't, you, there's no, like, I can't find that email. I didn't know what one you were talking about, or I got confused between tasks. It eradicates all of those issues, which is very important when you're dealing with virtual teams, because this sort of thing happens a lot. Absolutely. And the thing I love most about it too, is the accountability that it provides. Um, one of the big, um, I guess, fears a lot of people have when engaging a virtual assistant, how will I know what they're doing and when they're doing it and the like? The beauty with a, a project management tool like, say, Asana that's used properly is there's transparency over what tasks or projects they need to be working on at a given time. Um, I love especially the recurring tasks, and we've done a, we've done a show on recurring tasks um, earlier, but the beauty is you can see each day, did they do their recurring tasks? Now, it's very easy for them to go in and tick things off, um, however, if you inspect and go in, well, the accountability standards are raised because um, you can be sure that either the task has been done or not, whether irrespective of if they ticked it off. But it's a yeah, problem. and you can add. I mean, you can add stuff to that. So, for example, I used to find this. It used to kind of tick me off when they would just tick tasks off, and I wouldn't really get any depth. But it's up to you, as the business owner, then to decide what level of depth that you would like. So this is where you can even add reporting back into your Asana sort of flow and say to your VA, well, I would like you to take it off at the end of the day, but also tell me the results of the day or the outcome of whatever it was that you did for the day. Even if it's something as simple as checking the live chat on the website, like say something like there were no live chats for today so that you know that there was, you know, there's some sort of engagement and really at the very best, it, it improves communication, task flow, and accountability. And yep. at the very worst, there's nowhere to hide. So if you do have a VA, and let's face it, this happens out there in the VA land, who you feel you don't really know what they're doing, well, this will help with this problem because it's very easy to um, highlight the good VAs and the bad VAs, put it this way, if you have a good process inside yep. of Asana. Yeah. The last thing for me that, uh, on the project management tool is when you're working on a project and you've got multiple people, it might be you may have a couple of VAs and yourself and it might be another supplier. The beauty with it when you use a project management tool really well is it's not dependent on someone remembering to forward an email or um, relay a conversation because if all the comms around that project happen within Asana, then everybody that needs to understand and know about those comms gets access to it. 
Absolutely. So you mm. reduce a lot of double handling. You reduce a lot of error because of people forgetting for, you know, not, not deliberately, but it's just, you know, we've got a lot, people have got a lot going on and they forget aspects. And so um, it, it really, and, and, you know, it is to succeed with a virtual assistant, um, it's it's a it's a must. I don't even think I don't know anyone. It's a non-negotiable yeah, it for me anyway. I'm like you. You can't do this without. No. I mean, you can try, but the minute you get any bigger than a tiny weeny startupy sort of little business that's just a hobby, anything more than that, you really need to to get on board with something like Asana. And I mean, Matt and I have been doing this for years. We've been coaching and watching clients do this for years, and. Anytime I see a client coming through, if the brief says that they they use email for task management, thankfully we don't see this anymore in our business because we sort of eradicated in in our communications before people come in. But if we do see that, we all cringe as a team because we think, oh, uphill battle to make a VA work in there. Yeah, you know, it's tricky, right? So, so yeah, embrace it and uh, treat it as a non-negotiable. Asana's great. Uh, Trello's also great. They're, they're the easy ones and they're free. Just better. So (laughs) then, of course, we have the big one of communication, Matt, which we've done. I mean, we did a three part series on effective communication. But what we're talking about here is how do we use technology to improve our communication flow? So even though you can comment on tasks in Asana, for example, you there is a fine line between task management within your project management tool and flooding Asana with chat. So you need some form of chat um, or communication tool that is for fast, I would call it fast, quick communications that are not instructions. Now, I'm sort of laboring that point because I know in my business, I've got a rule. We fell into this trap ourselves, to be honest. You know, you can use something like Slack or Skype. Some people use Facebook Messenger. Uh, whatever chat medium you want to use. But you've got to be careful that your rules are that you can chat about stuff in there, but you might want to make sure that the instruction on the task is put in the comments in Asana. So you can chat about it, but when the instruction is decided upon, you want to add that to the task in Asana. So you keep Asana clean, keep the chat on your communication tool. What about you, Matt? How does that yeah. sort of- we're exactly the same. So anything to do with a project or task happens in Asana, but chat happens in, we use Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, we did use Skype. The challenge is if you want to go back and search something, uh, it's not as easy to do in Skype as it is in Slack. Um, and I also like that in Slack we can set up, you know, different channels yeah. that, that for different functions of the business. I know in ours we've got a finance channel, a marketing channel, uh, it might be a um, an event channel. So that way then those comms are only going to those people that need to be part of those communications. Um, yeah. No, I mean, look, look, I'm a Skype user and I totally agree with you. I've wanted to move away from Skype for a while because we have so many people now. The, the issues we're facing is that a lot of our clients are using Skype as well. So the VAs are on Skype all day with clients, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of our clients are using Slack these days too. But G G Suite, um, Google have come out with their chat function inside of G Drive as well, um, which comes as part of all of the accounts in G Drive. So if you're a G Suite user, 
uh, they are sort of coming out with their version of Slack in there. So I'm investigating that too and about maybe moving our, our internal team to that chat, chat function. But the main point here, though, I think is around making sure that you have settled on a communication tool and preferably just one. Because what you find if you have two or three running is Jimmy wants to communicate with you in Facebook Messenger and Joan is sending you a message in Skype and someone else is sending you a text message. And before you know it, everything's all over the place and you, you can't follow anything. Yeah. So important to settle on your tool um, and, and just stick to it. And if you're going to make a change, take your time because you're moving an entire non-negotiable piece of the business um, to a new tool, just like what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm with the decision. And you know, you know what um, the big shift for me on this was, Barb? Um, we used to, before we used Slack, it was either Skype or there was email chats. So you'd yes. have the, so you'd have, and, and then what would happen is that as it starts to involve more than one person, you'd start getting copied in on these email chats and you'd, like I'd step out of a, a coaching session and I'd have 70 emails. Oh, it's terrible. I know you just ignore everything then. Then you miss the one important email that somebody needed you to comment on. Exactly. It's terrible. Exactly right. Yeah. So um, the thing I love um, with Slack is uh, I've got the app on my phone and my iPad. It's on my computer. Um, I turn no notifications off. But it means that when I go into Slack, that's our internal comps. Um, yeah. So the team doesn't email me. Um, they may forward emails to me that I need to comment on, but they don't email internal comms. Our rule is you want to converse, uh, it's in Slack, right? You yeah, we have that internal rule as well because I'm like email for me is not for internal or for very limited internal use. I mean, it is for me to communicate with people who want to have me on their podcast or business relationships or things that are at my level of what my role is to yes. be involved in. Um, uh, yeah, and look, oh, look, I'm looking so closely at Slack because I know the issues around Skype. But I suppose, um, I mean, for the purposes of this conversation, it's it's important to have these boundaries around what you're using in your business, whoever's listening to this, Correct. and to decide on a channel, and then decide like like Asana, decide on the rules of how communication goes on in that channel mm. versus other versus your other. Hundred percent, and so, and I, and just to add to what Barb's saying there, you need to spell out when a, a verbal conversation needs to happen versus a written back and forth conversation, right? And oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I think too often, uh, yeah, we, we use Slack. I'll give some instances on how. Yeah, we use it for, um, yeah, I guess just camaraderie within our team. Um, we, I, I have, because um, I'm on the road quite a bit, I used to do a, a, a we used to have our stand-up meeting or, or our um, whip meeting each day. Now we've got a channel called stand-up. And so everyone has to, by 9.30 a.m. Sydney time, has to put in what are their three to five key tasks they're working on each day. Did they complete their tasks, all their tasks they agreed to do yesterday? And do they need any help from me, Right. And, I love this idea. And, <laughs> I should do this. <laughs> and what's, well, what's awesome about that is we get the same effect of having a meeting, but it's now done in Slack and there's greater accountability. Um, the, the um, you know, like we will have a bit of banter in ours as well. You know, I, uh, 
you know, because we can create this culture uh, across boundaries, across across the ocean, um, without necessarily needing to be sitting in the same office. So um, that's where, um, you know, like, so we have a, a, a sharing channel where, you know, you might share some photos from your weekend or, you know, something funny that's happened in your day. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's almost like, Actually, we should call it lunchroom, right? It's like yeah, I was just thinking that's a great idea. Cooler or the lunchroom, and that's the beauty of what Slack can can create for you. Um, but but in line with what Bob's saying, you must have rules around communication. Uh, otherwise, people hide behind these these tools. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think you know, oftentimes I've been on. Well, let's talk about what you said about the face to face meeting or the you know the the voice meeting because sometimes you're chatting back and forth and you're like hey let's just jump on a call Mm. and in that instance I mean I know you use zoom I use zoom we actually use zoom for webinars and recording podcasts and everything but zoom or one of these video tools is great for just hopping on a quick call but you can also use skype so you could use skype for that correct but the trick I find though if you are going to have a voice call you then need to decide at the end of the call okay what are the actual what, what have we decided here Yes. in this call. And then I would put that into your task instructions in Asana. Exactly. Because what happens is people forget. I, I forget. Like somebody will say, do you not remember I told you that on the call we had? And I'm thinking, I don't know. I have like 400 calls a day. I don't, you know, so I have a very strict rule internally with the team around if we have a chat in Skype or we decide something on a voice call, we actually there and then decide what we're going to update the task with and who we're tagging who we need to do something for us, et cetera. And that's what brings it all together, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, is crucial. So number three, number three. Yes. Say you need a data management tool. Yes, because, of course, we all have spreadsheets and PDFs and brochures and whatever else we've got in the business. And, of course, each business is about tasks and projects and communication and workflows and all that sort of thing. But attached to that is data. And how do you manage where that data, where does everyone find stuff? How do you have a system around not having to um, constantly have people pinging you? Where's that spreadsheet or where do you find this sort of thing? So you really need a good solid to choose one data management system, like like let's say it's Dropbox for your business, or I mean I'm a G Suite user, so I use G, G Drive, Google Drive, yeah, which has its challenges as well. I'll be honest, but again, it's about creating the system that you are running inside of your data management tool to reduce friction within the teams. Yeah, and the beauty if this is done properly is you can again you can um, I guess manage the risk. Of, of uh, you know, people having sensitive information, you can see who has what information and access to it. Um, but also to, um, like Barbara was saying, you can reduce the communications around uh, where's this, where's that. Um, and I think the other important piece here, and I know when I first started working with VAs many, many years ago, um, often they'd save things onto their, their, their own computer, the hard drives on their own computer. And oh, so yeah. I'd go looking for something. Oh, sorry, it's saved on my hard drive, right? So now every single document we work on within the business is is saved. Uh, we use we actually use one called Sync. We up, updated from uh, Dropbox last year. 
um, and but it's the same concept. Um, the, the important thing is you choose one that works for you and your company. And oh, yeah. And I would add to that. You choose one and then you as the owner or the leader or your operations manager or whoever is the person who the system person creates a system that other people in the business are taught to follow and need to follow. And look, I'm laboring that point because I learned this the hard way. <laughs> I've only learned it recently. You know, people, I got to the point where just I had too many people sharing folders and sharing files in G Drive with me, and it just was a mess in there. Mm. So I had to go back and actually revisit how everybody is using our data management system. So it's not just about the tool. It's about then, we always talk about process and system, but it's about picking a tool and then setting the, the, the tone and the system and the usage and making sure that everyone on the team is on the same page, so to speak, about how they use it, which sounds like micromanaging, but it's not. It's actually just streamlining a business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the, the thing I would also just lastly say on the data management is you've got to... You want, to, you want to think about, as I said, your business model, but also some of the current tools you're already using. So if you're in a, an Office 365 environment, then you may want to use SharePoint. Uh, if you're in a, a G Suite environment, you may choose Drive. Um, you know, the, yeah. I, I think that from a security perspective and the like, they're all much of a munchness. Um but and then and then what you need to do is and you know what was great last year we transitioned from Dropbox to Sync, and um, that that enabled us to actually reformat exactly how we were going to um, you know catalog and file all of our files. Um, yeah, that's great. It forces you to do that when you do a transition. Yeah, hundred percent. And so what we did was. Um, you know, the way we did that, I got the team to go, what, what are the things that you all need access to and have used on a day-to-day basis? And that's all we brought across initially. So I backed everything else up and then we, we put it all in there. And what's been great is as we've then um, you know, continued to operate our business, there are things that we didn't come across. They were there. We included it. But we kept it really clean with a really clean structure. Everybody knows how to file, where certain things go, which then means they know how to, where to go and look for them. And it streamlines the whole business. So, yeah. And it's all pro look, I'm just thinking this is all process again. So here's three, like literally non-negotiable crucial tech tools you need is project management tool, communication tool, data management tool. Those are the three, but then you need a process for how those, each of those is used within your business that everybody shares. Yes. And again, this might sound like, well, I just want to hire A players who know exactly what they're doing. It doesn't matter how much of an A player somebody is. If everybody's A playing in a different process and a different game, your business will be a mess. It won't be an A player business. So it's this, I'm like, I'm saying this really from the heart because I have literally learned this the hard way myself. Um, but definitely with virtual, the whole virtual concept, these to get these things right is the difference between success and failure often with with virtual teams, particularly VAs. And the VAs find it easier too because they know then which system they're plugging into. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it, it, it really, when you've got these things set up, onboarding a, a virtual assistant into your business becomes easier. Um, you know, um, as you grow your team and you put people into different roles, it becomes easier to work out who needs access to what. Um, um, and 
communication and, and management um, becomes uh, very transparent and easy. And, and as I said, as I mentioned earlier, um, you, you actually reduce the amount of emails that, that you actually... Oh, yeah. Eradicate email. Yeah, oh, we should definitely oh, get that down. Yeah. <laughs> Most people. If you've noticed, actually, one of, the tic- one of the tools we have not said that is crucial is email. <laughs> Even though that's crucial for other things, but not necessarily I would stay away from email. None of my VAs are allowed to email me. <laughs> There's just no email. It would have to be something very, very serious for them to email me about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, those are the top three. Yeah, the top three. Now, now, Barbara and I love to under-promise and over-deliver. And as we were coming up with the three, there was a, a, another one that we both use regularly, um, but we wouldn't necessarily put into the crucial category. So here's the bonus tech tool that we believe that um, – is amazing and great and we both use pretty much on a a daily basis but not necessarily crucial to your success and it's called loom um uh, a a a google chrome extension uh and and it's free Uh, and the, the thing i love about loom is um if you're reviewing something, if you're trying to give an instruction and this, you, you, um, it's on your screen, you can click Loom and create little short videos that uh, then render very easily. Um, they create a URL that you can then send to the person. Like, so I'll create a Loom video um, and I'll put it, I'll um, post it in Slack to the person that I need to, or I'll post it in the task in Asana explaining what it is that I need done. Um, and number one, it gives the uh, your VA the opportunity to watch what you're putting multiple, multiple times so that they can get clear on the instruction. Uh, it actually helps you as well because I was thinking for me, when I do it, so sometimes if I'm trying to write something, and you know when you get, it's like being tongue-tied except with writing, and you're, re, you're, no, you're realizing that you're just not able to articulate what you're trying to say. Mm. Do a quick loom and you can, because then it's much easier to show somebody what you're trying to convey. And it just, sometimes there's been moments it's really sort of broken the back of that issue for me where I can't really articulate. I've even sent them to my own accountant. So it's not just with VAs. Sometimes I can't articulate to a tech person the problem I'm having or whatever, and it's much easier to show them. So so loom is fantastic for that. Uh, um, I use loom when I'm sending proposals to, to clients particularly when I know that it's going to, it needs to, um, the decisions with more than one person. Oh yeah. Great. And they can all get the same and, and it's personalized. You can send it to a new client I and mean, it's great for sales as well. But yeah, so we, we, we realized it's not like in terms of VAs, I wouldn't describe it as the crucial non-negotiable, but it's a fabulous add-on and it really is a bonus add-on to those three key things. Um, so if you're not using that, definitely check it out. Bob, I think, I think that's, um, that's us for today. I think that's, um, look, um, please understand that what we're sharing here, um, these three, the first three tech tools that we mentioned, uh, we believe are crucial. If you really want to succeed with virtual assistants in your business and make your life and their life a lot easier, uh, make sure you, you, I'd listen to this show again and give these tech tools a go. Um, you know, reach out to us in the Facebook group if you've got any questions, uh, you know, or, you know, need any assistance or support because we, we're more than happy to help with that. Um, but, but understand that without these, 
you really are making it near impossible for yourself to succeed with virtual assistants. And let's be honest, you're going to waste an awful lot of time, energy and money because it won't work. And this is why people, you know, the internet is literally with people who say it didn't work for me, but a lot, and then sometimes that can be a HR issue or a recruitment issue. But if it's not those issues, then it's, it's the issues inside the business, this sort of thing and getting them right and making a commitment to yourself to nail this because actually it makes your life easier in general in lots of ways so matt i think that's a wrap for today um great show uh if anyone has ideas for other shows you'd like us to cover even the simplest things or a complex thing we'd love to know more you can always um hit us up in the facebook group virtual success on facebook and uh yeah share this around with anyone else that you think would be interested and remember on itunes we'd love a rating and a review, it helps us to get the show out to more people and help more people in this space. Because we're trying to eradicate overwhelm for business owners everywhere. And this is all part of it. So thanks, Matt. Until Thank next you, time. Yeah, have a great afternoon. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together.